You're listening to Gifted with Sheila White, a podcast that will inspire you. Its purpose is to uplift and entertain creatives to pursue their passions through their gifts. Sheila White is a film and television producer, author, and entrepreneur. And in each episode, Sheila talks with gifted individuals about their journey and the lessons they've learned. It will also inspire you to make an impact, living your best purpose-driven life with clarity. And now, here's your host, Sheila White. Welcome, welcome, welcome. All right, we got somebody in the house today. I'm excited. You know, we have, if you have family or friends or colleagues uh, who've lived with mental illness, um, you may not be unsure of how to speak to them in a respectful way. Um, you want to show that you care, but you don't know how to speak to them with your concerns so you don't want to hurt them. You know, Jim Rohn said, life doesn't get, uh, life doesn't get better by chance. It gets better by choice. And I am excited that you guys have tuned in today because the story that you're going to hear today of my guest, she's going to talk about her growth and her challenges and her transformational life to wellness. I'm pretty excited. We actually call her AKA Sunshine, Sunshine Jamaican Blazing Chocolate is with us today in the house and we are excited. So I want you to call a friend, tune in, you know, call a friend, get ready to be inspired because this story is very inspiring. The things that she she's been through and the challenges that she's had and the faith and how her faith has soared over the years. So we'll be right back after this commercial break with our guest today, Miss Sunshine herself in the house. Sunshine Jamaican Blazing Chocolate is with us today, you all on the air. Imagine yourself being pampered from head to toe, surrendering to the aromas of sweet serenity. Welcome to Libby's Soaps and Candles. Your destination for comfort and relaxation begins here. Visit us at Libby'sSoapsAndCandles.com to learn more about our exotic products. Have you ever thought of yourself as a TV star? The host of your own television show. Someone who delivers meaningful content to a global audience. Are you ready to amplify your life? JD3TV will greenlight your new show right now. And you don't need a Hollywood agent, you don't need a lot of money, and you can even be new to producing. When we greenlight your show, we will provide you with all the tools you need to produce it quickly and easily. And then you will have a series on one of the newest, most exciting streaming platforms in the world. Sign up for JD3TV today. Become a part of our global community and we will greenlight your show. All 
right. All right. All right. I don't know if y'all heard that. Did you hear it out there? <laughs> Did y'all hear that? Did you hear it, Sunshine? Yes. Yes. Thank you, God. Yes. <laughs> Hey, I just want to bring on Miss Naomi herself, Naomi Israel, uh, a person that I've just when she walks into the room, her personality jumps out and speaks to you before she even opens her mouth. She is a flame of ambition, you guys. And I am so excited to be able to talk with her today. She's my special, special guest. Naomi, welcome, welcome, welcome. You. you know what? Let's talk a little bit about your backstory, a little bit about growing up as a little girl in the city of Chicago. So much happening, so much going on in our inner cities. What was it like for you growing up as a little girl in the inner city of Chicago going into your teen years? Oh, wow. Growing up in the inner city of Chicago, it was, well, I was raised on the north side. Thank God my dad did make sure we wasn't raised in the hood. hood. Yes. You know, daddy. Yes. Uh, I was born in West Germany. So Papa, he, he had me in the army. And then when he came home, he raised us on the north side, which was, thank God, wasn't as bad as it could have been being yeah. raised in a hood. Mm-hmm. But yet at all, you know, they still had um, where the uh, guys and, and, and the gangs was all out there. I mm-hmm. went to San High School, you know, I went to elementary school where the hoods of the north side were turning into even bigger hoods. So mm-hmm. especially when the project shut down, and we were just mm. thinking, when the project shut down, Stateway Gardens and the Cabrini Greens and all of those projects and, and all the people started migrating up north. Okay. Oh, okay. That's okay. Stuff really started kicking in. You understand? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, and I was Papa's tomboy. So, I, <laughs> I was all, yeah, yeah, I was all everywhere. <laughs> Papa sitting out to a lady. I said, no, Papa, I'm just like you, Papa. <laughs> yeah. You know, what what actually um, we talked about your name, Sunshine, you know, blazing, Jamaican blazing chocolate. How did that come about? Because we played a little taste of your music. And so I was curious of that, of that title and that name. Yes, ma'am. OK, so at first it was Jamaican blazing chocolate. OK, and okay. Jamaican blazing chocolate because my mama. She's from Jamaica, you know, um, her, her, my grandpa, he was in Montego Bay. Okay. Montego Bay, man. All right. (laughs) I was born in Germany. Mama was still, she had the Jamaican blood in her. So I want all my, all my people. And, Mm. um, what happened was Jamaican blazing, blazing is, look, I love marijuana. Marijuana has helped me. Thank yeah. you, God, for that plant that he created on the third day. I said that it was good with the seed. Yes, in it. yes. Right there. Kept me <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It kept me mentally stable when at times I was, you know, down or when at times when I was suicidal, at times when I was just, I smoke a little bit of herb and that good stuff and you're feeling all right. Then. You're feeling all right. <laughs> feel the sunshine. You feel the sunshine and feel something blazing, yeah. huh? <laughs> You know, I'm God's and Daddy's sunshine. God let His sun shine on us. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what whether it is, God is, is letting His sun shine on us, whether it's winter, fall, spring, or summer. Mm-hmm. You know, and Daddy always called me His sunshine because he never had a nickname for me. You mm-hmm. know, he couldn't get a nickname out of Naomi. So instead of him saying Nene or something, he right. says. That's what Papa calls me. Mama calls oh, me. Oh, wow. Sunshine. Yes. Yeah. Now, let's, I want to get a little bit into your story because 
over time, you know, you had your dad, like I said, you were born in Germany, came into Chicago and things like that. Somewhere on the line, things didn't go so well. You you became homeless. Let's talk about the homelessness for a moment. What happened with that part of the story? Um, me being in the wrong, being with the wrong crowd. Um, okay. And me, I was a good girl, but I wasn't, I, like I said, I wanted to be Papa's t- um, son. I don't know what yeah. I was going through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. I was Papa Strong Girl, you know? Yeah, yeah. All the guys liked me, but I didn't Mm -hmm. know how to love. Oh, okay. And I thought I needed a, you know, a thug, a gangster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I needed in my life. And being with that guy got caused trouble for me from that day forward. And Mm. you know what? I had children out of wedlock. You know, I had my babies. Yeah. Um, Using me, I went through domestic violence, mm. and by doing doing that domestic violence, I went to jail. I went, mm. I, I lost my children to state mm. custody. Mm. Raise my my cousin raised my children. Um, this wow. man lost my apartment, and it, it, I can't blame it on him. I blame it on myself for not being strong enough. Mm. To, I was worth more than that. I mean, I thought that he was woman womanizing me. I was mm-hmm, too much mm-hmm. of a boy. I'm thinking the man is woman. I thought abuse was good at first. Wow. I said, okay, maybe I needed it. Maybe, mm. I need it. maybe I don't know how to act like a woman. So mm. I thought that physically abused at first was his form of love for me. Mm. I did not know, you know, I knew by me having a father what I was supposed to have. Yeah. Realized that I wasn't the woman that all the other women were. So I'm like, well, I'm too hard. Well, mm. maybe I this man is beating on me to soften me up. And he really mm. loves me. Mm. And, and that was my state of frame of mind. And then when I became, when I lost my kids and I lost everything dealing with this man, he brought me down. I took a rap mm. robbery for him. I didn't do no mm. robbery, but mm. I took a rap for him. So he don't go to jail. I said I did it, you know. Um, I had just had my first child, and I'm trying to be that real rocker, ride it that, ride it that. Mm. Oh, all of that. Wow, yeah. you know that's that's so interesting because just backing up a little bit, here you are have a father in your life, you know, and sometimes people don't have a father; they don't know who their father is, so they're like a a fatherless victim, so to speak, you know, looking for love in all the wrong places, trying to get that father's love. But here you are, you connect with a gentleman and this man you connect with, he's he's beating you and you feel that it's love because you're like, well, hey, maybe I'm just deserving of this, you know, because of the mental state and then being homeless, putting you in that situation where now you don't have a place to live, having your children out of wedlock, as you said, and then going to the point where he does a crime and you take the rap for it because you feel, hey, he loves me. I'm a ride or die chick. I will go to jail for him. At the same time, some men like this that are narcissistic, you know, they it's all about them and whatever they're doing to you. It doesn't matter because it's all about them. And when you're wrapped up into this life and like we talk about homelessness, you know, there's over 300, 326,000 people we know that experiences sheltered homelessness in the United States. I mean, this is such a common problem. And in, in just a single night. You know what I'm saying? There's so many people that experience homelessness and then people that, like you said, feeling like the abuse is love. 
You know what I'm saying? They're being traumatized on a day by day basis and they feel it's love because they're thinking that this person has their best interests, but they really don't. And so you labor, you go through the abuse, you go through having children, you go through jail, you go through homelessness, and it just keeps coming. The bad, the bad, it gets worse and worse. It piles up and things like that. And what was your family? What was your family saying during this difficult time of you going to jail, homelessness, having children out of wet life, like you said, but you feel like, hey, I'm the ride or die chick. I can handle it. That's the thing. My papa, he was so disappointed. And may he mm. rest his soul. Papa passed away two years ago. And may oh, he rest so sorry. Yeah. Two girls, me and my mm. sister. Me and my sister both had children. And we both was in the same jail. And we wow. Both, yeah, me and my little sister. And then she went on to prison. She got prison institutionalized. And I was on the street for 15 years. Mm. I do have have a Facebook video out and what people don't understand, I, I have a Facebook video out where I was sleeping in a car with two cats, okay? Mm. And because I lost my children through the state custody, they did not help me get my kids back. They did not help me go through the proper steps of of, 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 of rebuilding myself. Yeah. You know? yeah. It will help people keep hiding from our people, especially wow. people especially hide from it. And I yeah. need help you know, I need help. Yeah, I, I yeah. Better if I yeah. would have help or became more stronger. Thank God I'm an adult and I now I know how to deal with things. But as as back then, I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Papa believed in God. You know, he just yeah. kept. It was the devil. It was the devil. But then we didn't hit the core. You know, Papa thought just the Bible was gonna. Yes, God is always there. You know, yeah. God. Thank yeah. you. But yeah. That's, put physicians on this earth for. He put medicine on this earth for, for mm-hmm. us to get the proper help that we need for the mental or the physical illness that we go through in life. And, and that's important to bring up when we talk about mental illness, because during this time, even though as a little girl, you were okay, but going through the abuse that you went through, then it began to take a toll on your mental state and, and, and put you into a place of, you know, I know depression and, anxiety and and like you said going places and doing things that you probably would not have done but it's just a mental state um mental illness is real you know what i'm saying and there are so many people that feel that it's a prison that they're in that they'll never get out like you said there's a lot of help out there but it seems like a lot of times it's hidden from the black and brown community where they just can't find them readily. Uh, people try to go to counselors and things like that, but you have to find the right counselor that's for you. It's not like every person counselor will fit for you. And the thing about it is within our community, a lot of times people will say what happens at home stays at home. What happens in this house stays in this house. So you don't feel comfortable in talking to people, even to a counselor about everything that you've been through because you're afraid to share the story because you don't know how they're going to feel towards you, how they're going to think towards you. And so people will hold in and they don't share everything. So therefore they can't get more help that they maybe would be able to get more resources. And so this is a real situation at this particular time when you were going all through this, what was the lowest point when you were going through, you know, the children are gone. You're living in a car with two cats you know, you've been to jail because of taking a rap of something that you did not do. What was your lowest point? Because at this point, we know that the mental part was full fledged. 
It was the, the lowest point is when you're sleeping on the ground, waking up on the mm. ground. That's your lowest point. My lowest point was when I woke up in a graveyard and I said it was better to sleep in a graveyard amongst the spirits and the dead than to be amongst the living. Mm. That was talk about that a little bit. Talk about that a little bit. What was that like? Just talk about that. My car and I realized I had nowhere else to sleep and go. And, and, and the city took my car. They told my car one day I was sleeping in my car. The city of Chicago, instead of, you know, they told my car, took my car and got out one day. You know, and it makes me cry to come think of mm. it because it, I went through so much, you know. And then I goes into this graveyard. I looked over at this graveyard. I said, I, I bet I feel safer there because it was safe on the streets, sleeping on the streets. You get shot at. You get mm. going through all kinds of street stuff on the streets of Chicago. Let me tell you why it was so much safer in the in the graveyard. There wasn't nobody in there. Ain't nobody. Everybody scared to go to the graveyard. Mm. But you know what? Those spirits was in there, and they, they ain't bother me. Cause mm. why? I'm not a bad spirit. I'm not a bad person. I slept peacefully in the graveyard. Then I slept in the jail. Mm. Wow. I slept in the graveyard. Then I was sleeping in a shelter. Wow. Wow. It's amazing. It's really amazing. And let's talk about that for a minute, going back a little bit into your story, because I know that you had been stabbed and you had been, you know, shot at so many times, like near death experiences. Let's talk a little bit about some of those challenges in the street, you know, not only being homeless, but just some of those things that happened. Yeah, well, being homeless, that brings you a lot of things, you know, as far as me um, being stabbed, that was by the guy who stabbed me in my stomach. Um, I had a gun to my head. They tried to rob me of my car. Uh, got three, four times in a near-death car accident where I'm not supposed to be here. I mean, mm. hit the wall going 70 miles an hour. My brakes went out on my van. That's one. Car tires busted on the on the car. Cars spinning around on the e-way. Going, all these cars going like this. Cars mm. spinning. I'm not, you know, and <laughs> bullet went past my head and I was running trying to get back to my car mm. and, <laughs> you know it, it's amazing what got it being raped being raped and, and then mm. man it's amazing what god has brought me through because of wow. those things, being on the street and you know what i still got up and washed my butt in that mcdonald's bathroom and yeah. the hospital washroom at the mm -hmm. beach i would go to the beach to the field house wash my butt i would mm -hmm. perm my hair i would still take care of myself the best way do my nails to make sure I look good. And I, I still go attempt to get a job. I was working at Portillo's mm. for 12 hours sleeping in the bathroom on break. Mm. Then they fired me mm. because I said she's sleeping in the bathroom. But I was mm. so tired, you know, and I was still trying. I was wow. still realizes if you if you've been in Chicago, you see these tent city people. People mm -hmm. that are homeless for years, years, years. And God said, you know, I didn't want to be out there. I didn't I, I, I knew that I was a better person. I know I don't want to I don't want to be on the street where people think right. like he was thinking um, mommy's pissing on herself, you know, mommy's yeah. peeing on herself. Yeah. Kind of person. My mm -hmm. children really grew up and thought that's what kind of homeless person I was. That I was oh, sleeping on the bus and train and just pee on myself and eat out the garbage. I had to tell them, no, mommy was not like that. It's different kinds of homeless. And then I watched the people. That's why they sit in the shelter. They don't even want to elevate. They just want to sit there and use the facility. Well, you know what? I read the wake up outside and I panhandled for about 50 bucks. 
And when I watch the other people panhandle, they go do drugs. When I panhandle, I go get the hotel room so I can get a good night's rest. Mm. And so I, I can, I can, uh, I can take care of myself properly as a woman and, get, and feel that hot water on my body and what mm. people take advantage of every day to wake mm. up and being able to brush your teeth and wash your face and get that hot water on your body and perfume and feel good and smell good. That thank God I'm doing now. Mm. And then people take advantage of that. They don't realize that little bit. Once it's gone, it's gone. And you're, you're, you're looking for that, mm. that normalcy. That's yeah. what I was normalcy of humans and normalcy of, of just life in itself mm-hmm. and, and normal and I would go to the job and, and pretend I was normal but then mm-hmm. when I got to the job I knew I was going to the street mm-hmm. I knew my kids was being raised by someone else mm-hmm. I, knew, I knew what what I had to face outside as, as negative when, when I panhandled and people tried to rob me of my money mm-hmm. when a post pulled up on me and they took everything from me. Mm, wow. Wow. It's amazing. Just, just the journey that you've been through, you're still here. And how are your children today? Um, has that reconciliation come back together um, with your children? Are you still in that process of, of uh, reconciling? I'm st- oh, well, thank God. I've been through a lot. Of, uh, the kids came to me when they became teenagers. Uh, mm. My cousin on my dad's side raised them, but she was such a mean broad, I tell you. Mm. She kept away from them and treated me like a deadbeat father. She would want mm. money just for me to come see my kids. So to my kids, like I said, they thought that I was this different homeless person because she lied. A lot of people lied on me. And yeah. um, it's come to me, baby, grown. My son grown. Thank God he changed. My daughter, I was a rape victim. She's my rape baby. I oh. kept my because mm-hmm. we didn't believe in abortions. Yes, yes. My daddy said, no, don't do that, baby. We don't. And she was a little girl. I kept my little girl. Mm-hmm. No matter what. Now she didn't got herself raped over and over. She's been a rape victim, you know, and it hurt me that she we didn't break the cycle. You know, and her baby got took care from her. Oh, okay. mm. so yeah, he tried stabbing me, my own daughter. She, mm. She's she been in the mental, I had to call the mental hospital for her a lot of times. But that's what I keep trying to tell you mental health is real because mm. it goes down to my child. Yeah, it, yeah. Every day, and I can't even help her. I don't, I, I can't even help my baby because I realized that either the mental hospital can help her, and mm. I'm not, I'm not God. I can't yeah, heal Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's amazing because, like you said, it's like a generational situation where, it, you know, things that happened to you and then it just kind of passed down to her, even though she wasn't with you in those early, you know, early years. Something that just was like a connection there is a holographic grip on her that she was raped and things happened to her. And then the mental illness, you know, kind of continued. Um, and, 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 and that's why it's so important to um, to try to seek help, you know, and, and the fact that you. You know, you kept trying, you kept pushing, you did not give up. You said, hey, there's different levels of homeless. I'm homeless, but I'm trying to find a job. I'm trying to get myself washed up and keep my nails done and do what I can do to be able to look on the outside like I'm okay, even though I'm broken on the inside, you know, and things like that. When in your life did you come to a point and place where you said, hey, there's got to be somebody bigger than me that is letting me live through the bullets passing by, through being stabbed in the stomach, um, near-death experiences almost seven to nine times. When did you come to a point where faith just kind of walked into your life and you realized that 
I'm here by by choice because God wanted me to be here, not by chance. Uh, first off, my name is Naomi Israel, uh, birth, right? Well, born Brandy Alexandria Jones, and my daddy changed my name to Naomi Israel right out the Bible. Okay. My daddy, since I was two years old, he grew us up in the Bible. I mm. was preaching the word at three. I knew how to go to the different pages, <laughs> and I was showing adults. This is where Exodus is. This mm. is Zechariah is, and I love wow. that. See that. And I was able to read the Bible at such a young age. I always wow. with me, but I mm. then I knew it was like Job. I knew that God let the devil try me, and mm. all I had to do was stand strong. And, and and endure to the end, and I would be yes. okay. Yes, so the it read the chapter, the book of Job, and read yes. what I did. And my name was also Naomi. I read the book. Mm. I read what Naomi went through. Yes, yes. Kept me going. Yes, on their grounds, and I was sitting in the street in front of the people, and I say, "Please help me with change." And I explain my story. My kids being taken. I was hurt. Please, I need a little help. I'm trying. When I was out there, I knew my God was sending angels everywhere. Mm. Wow. Mm. Keep me protected. Okay, let that bullet go past. Catch that bullet. Okay, mm-hmm. stop this part. It won't kill her, but it will hurt her. Mm. It won't kill her, baby. Because mm. she is here for a reason to do what I am doing today, and that's the preach. Because when that Facebook video came out, and they seen I was sleeping in that car, they seen yeah. me up doors. Everybody treated me wrong. They was doing changing me. They was throwing stuff at me. They called me all kind of names. They did a lot. Spit on me. I was going through a lot out there when that video came out. And now look at what God does. Mm-hmm. God my music. That's why I make this song. Mental health is real because I wrote, I talked about me in that song. I talked mm-hmm. about my daughter in that song. Yes. About my son. And if you listen to the whole song of three stories, mm-hmm. you was how mental health touched all of us in a way. Wow, wow. God, that's why I'm here because God is proof. Wow. Wow. And that's the song that we played a little bit earlier about the mental health. Um, This is a person that's been there, done that, has been through, like we said, life and death situations. you know, about uh, with today's standard, she would not be here, um, you know, being homeless, sleeping in her car and then her car gets repossessed and taken away. And then she's forced to live and sleep in the graveyard because that's the place that she can find peace. Um, this is a real story, real person. And the things that she's been through and the challenges somehow or another, God was she knew that he was always there, but he became more real and her faith began to grow and to keep her motivated to keep on keeping on despite the challenges, and despite the odds, he began to turn things around for her in her life with her challenges and the transformation takes place so that today she is not only an advocate for mental health, speaking against it and talking about it and singing about it, but she's turning her life around today. She's in school. And let's talk a little bit about um, you've just been accepted into another school uh, for something great in artists. Let's talk about that a little bit. Well, right now, they got a new young lady from Illinois Media School. And I yes. interviewed for Chicago Performing Arts School. All and right, all right. <laughs> actually, my first photo shoot on the 19th with them. Okay. So, orientation. And I'm really, really, truly excited about that because here comes this movie. <laughs> I want to go yes. 
And um, I've been working on how I already got my biography. I got my story. I just need to put it all together. Yeah. And I yeah. want to direct my own biography or at least tell my story more so people could see it, you know. Yeah. And maybe I could. I, I just want to open up a lot of girls' eyes. And, and even my child, my baby yeah. girl. Mm. I'm doing my kids to help them, to show them you can make it. You know? Yes. Yes. No yes. What, but my papa passed away. He's watching. He wow. could have seen this part of me. He only knew the bad part. Yeah. And if yeah. he could see all of this, wow, he would be so, he would be wow. so Because uh, you know what? I was on the street. My little sister, her baby got shot six times. And he was mm. 14 years old in Maywood. Oh, my. Mm. I was on they call me. I'm homeless and begging. They call me on my government phone. And they mm -hmm. tell me this story and I'm running on, off the street homeless trying to get to a funeral for my sister's baby. Oh, so my. And I had to leave the funeral and my kids came up to the funeral. I couldn't even touch them. Oh, <laughs> my. So a lot of things I went through, I, I don't even know. I was so suicidal and so hurt and so, but God, man, when I tell you the that the flesh is weak, but the spirit is living with God. Mm, mm. Wow. But God. Yeah. yeah. And this is the, this is a triumph story. It really is um, because of all the things, you know, like you said, your, your sister's baby, you're homeless. Her son gets shot 14 years old, six times. You're homeless trying to get to the funeral. You can't even embrace your own children there because of the of the laws and because of the things that were going on in your life at that time. Um, this is a story um, of a young lady that has survived the odds, you know, near death experiences, being stabbed, being sleeping in the cemetery, sleeping in her car with the cats and then getting your card repossessed, then you have to sleep in the cemetery because you find that's the only place you can have peace because of all of the things that were going on out there in the streets, the mental uh, illness, and then dealing with men that are narcissistic, that are, you know, stabbing you in the stomach and beating you and you going to jail for them because you said, hey, I have to be the ride or die. You didn't even do the crime and you go to jail for them. All of these things, people spitting on you and people talking about you and you, you know, asking for money on the streets because you just want a better life. You know, this is the story of Naomi Israel, a true story, a trooper, a person that has turned her life around, that is going to performing art school now, that is in a media school now, trying to make a difference in her life and wanting to inspire other girls and letting them know that you can make it, that you don't have to stay out there, that you don't have to take the abuse and all the things that are going on. Um, Naomi, you are truly an inspiration. You are impacting the people that you are around. Like I said, when I met you, I was just like, you, you, you are sunshine. That is a good name for you because it just, you just exude love to people. You exude love to people and you show that you care. And that's so important. That is so important. So, you know, Naomi, how can people get in contact with you to be able to just keep in contact with you to encourage them to be able to find out more about your story? There may be somebody out there to say, hey, you know what? I want to donate to this girl's life so that she can do the documentary of her story, of her movie, whatever it is, or to be able to help you through the stage that you're at now, how can our audience get in contact with you to hear more of your music of, you know, sunshine, Jamaican blazing chocolate. Yeah. So God, I'm so humble. First off, I just did a performance Saturday 
or coast to coast Chicago. But you guys find Sunshine Jamaican Blaze of Chocolate on YouTube, as well as Naomi Brandy Jones, Israel Jones on Instagram. Um, you can find me at those two places. You can also look at my music. I'm on Spotify. I'm on SoundCloud, um, Apple Music. Um, more of my music will be on there. I'm going to put this mental health. I'm dropping that on a, um, Apple or Spotify soon. Um, in order to contact me, I, all I have is my phone number. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can actually look her up at, at Jamaican Blazing Chocolate. You can find her on YouTube. She's got music out. She's turning her life around as an artist. And uh, it's so exciting because she could have stopped. She could have given up, but she's pressing on. And I'm really, really proud of you. I'm so happy to know you. And I'm wanting you to just keep on going and scale, 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 because you deserve it. Friends, we're just about out of time. If you did not hear this entire broadcast, I want you to visit our website at www.road2eternity.net. I want you to hear Naomi's story. I want you to get in contact with her and to, and to share her music and to support her music, Jamaican Blazing Chocolate. She is sunshine. When you talk with her, she just eludes joy when you, when you speak to her. And when she comes into the room, her personality jumps out before she even speaks. Um, check out our website for more updates, more information. Naomi's story will be on there as well. And please leave a comment at roadtoeternity.net. I want you to remember that you are uniquely designed and strategically gifted. Use your gifts to impact the world. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Gifted with Sheila White. We hope you understand how your gifts can make an impact on the world. Gifted with Sheila White is produced by Road to Eternity, a film and television production company.